Welcome to our service tonight. We want to begin with number 87, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Let's stand, please, as we worship the Lord. Let's still our hearts, please, now before the Lord as we come to pray and just commit our evening time of worship into His hands. Father, what rejoicing we have again as we come to pray and to seek Thy holy face. And dear Father, as we come to give thanks for the precious truth we've been singing about tonight already, our Father, we pray you will always be mindful and conscious of the, the great blessing that we have received and that the whole world has received in 
the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear Father, I pray that tonight our hearts, every believer, would be lifted up in thanksgiving and true praise, and that we would enter into your holy presence now with joy and thanksgiving. Dear Father, we know that it is a great blessing for us to be able to come and to give praise and thanksgiving. Lord, we know that as we offer the worship of our hearts unto our God, that, Lord, it is, it is just a condescension that you would receive such from our souls and our hearts tonight. And how we thank Thee, Lord, that we have been redeemed, washed in the precious blood of Christ, forgiven of all our sin. And tonight we know that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, Father, we ask that our hearts would be in tune and that we would know the direction of the Holy Spirit in our worship and that the Scriptures, the Word of God, would come to our hearts with power so that we will be changed by it and more conform to the image of Christ. Lord, we pray that we will be made use of in our lives for the extension of the kingdom of our Lord Jesus, that, Father, we would be filled each day with the power of the Holy Spirit, enabling us to be victorious against the temptations of the evil one. The devil would come and try to make us stumble and fall to forsake our testimony, to give up on what we have received. Now, Lord, we pray that we will be strong in the Lord and in the power of the might that we have. You hold firmly the sword of the Spirit, and the Word would be hidden in our hearts. We will say, as David did, that I desire the law of God after the inward man. And so, Father, may the word of truth blossom. May it flourish and flow out from us. May from our own hearts and our souls there be rivers of living water coming out from us to be a refreshment and a witness to those we come in contact with day by day. Father, tonight we remember some in our congregation who are not well. We remember... Our brother Kim tonight, that your hand would be upon him to help him. We know that brother Clifton is also not feeling well. Lord, bless these men. Strengthen them in their own spirit and heart. Remember the others that we pray for continually. We think of our sister Serene tonight, and we pray again for her and all of her physical needs. We ask for our brother Ron and for Richard Teo, for her sister Joan, Many others that we know are either because of their age, they can't be here, because of some transportation concern. Lord, whatever the case may be, pour out Your Spirit upon them and bless them all. Thankful for the many visitors that we're in this morning. And Lord, it is an answer to our prayer. We're asking for the drawing in of new people into our fellowship. Those who know Christ, that we might be an encouragement to them and they to us. And those who are without the Savior, that we would have the joy of pointing them to Christ. 
and they would come through for the Master. Dear Father, we're thankful for the good news of that dear lady who professed faith today at Cedarbrook. Lord, encourage her heart. Bless Isabel, and may she be strengthened in her inner spirit. And may the devil not have the victory to discourage her at all, but rather as she has confessed her faith in Christ, that she would rest firmly in Him. So, Lord, hear us tonight in our prayer. Bless all the events and meetings and services going on in this busy month that we have. And Lord, we commit every single service, every detail of every meeting, and pray for the oversight of the Holy Spirit to bless us in our session and board meeting tomorrow and Tuesday night, rather, our Bible study and prayer Wednesday, the Whitfield concert on Thursday. And Lord, we just pray that in all of these meetings we would know the help and the leading of the Holy Spirit. So bless us now tonight. Encourage our souls. We ask these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. <clears throat> Please turn to hymn number nine. The words, Jesus, thou joy of loving hearts. <clears throat> Let's stand, please, again as we sing.
Let me ask you to turn in your Bibles, please, for our congregational reading to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. We read this portion of Scripture a few weeks ago, and we want to read it again as it is filled with great encouragement, and certainly it deals with a theme that I want to speak on tonight. First Peter chapter 1, the first nine verses. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. You know God will bless His Word to our hearts. Very encouraging words we have from the Apostle Peter, and of course, directed and inspired by the Holy Spirit to our hearts. Not just for the time in which Peter was writing. That's the great uh, blessing that we know in our own faith, that the Scripture has been inspired for every generation. It is the Word that has been settled in heaven. It's secure there. It will never go away for all eternity. And I cannot wait as we get to glory to have many of the words in the Scripture, many of the portions that, well, sometimes we find it difficult to understand. We're going to be having our understanding fulfilled and completed there. And I think you may have some questions to ask of some of the prophets. Exactly what did you mean by that? And uh, perhaps you'll have to say, well, I wasn't sure at the time because the Holy Spirit was giving inspiration and indeed, some of the prophets, the prophecies that the prophets wrote at that time, they were not clear 
how they were going to be fulfilled. Peter speaks about that in another part of his word, actually, his epistle, where he said the prophets desired to look into those things that they were writing because they wanted to know the fullness of what it meant by those prophecies, the time, the detail, yes, when they were going to be fulfilled. And so we look to the Lord and pray for more light. You know, it's not a, not a bad thing. In fact, it's always a good thing. When we come to read the Scripture, and if you come to a verse you don't know what it means, you're not sure the clarification you need, well, we pray for the Spirit's light. More light upon the Word. That is a good prayer for us to pray. Welcome, everyone, to our service tonight. We're happy that you're here in person. We enjoyed the company of several visiting folks in our meeting for the first time this morning, some of them, and others who have returned back again. We want to remember them all, please, in prayer. Remember uh, Mrs. Codry in your praying. Our sister is, well, she has her own uh, concerns and limitations, and we want to remember her. Brother, Mr. Codry is actually overseas at this time, but we want to remember that family also before uh, the Lord. There was great rejoicing today in the salvation of a soul in the seniors' ministry of Cedarbrook. Our brother Alec had the joy of leading a Roman Catholic lady to the Lord today, and this has been a real blessing and an answer to prayer, especially because, well, since COVID shut Cedarbrook down, it has really just opened up again for us in the last number of months. And so that's an answer to prayer itself, and we thank God for working in the heart of that dear lady. And the young people were there, uh, they were singing today, so that was a great blessing uh, for them to be a part of that. As we think about singing and rejoicing tonight at the close of our service, we're going to be having a time of singing your favorite hymns and carols, and so please stay behind if you are able uh, to do that. Let me also remind those of the young adults there will be a choir practice after the hymn sing tonight, so if you're able to stay, please take note of that. Well, we're praying for the blessing of the Lord on the busy calendar that we have through the month of December. And it uh, certainly doesn't disappoint in that way. The meetings many nights this week. On Tuesday, we have a session and board meeting that's moved from Thursday because of the Whitfield Christian School concert. So we're moving that to Tuesday night. And so session and board men, you please take note of that. And then Wednesday evening, our Bible study and our prayer time. And we want to lay hold upon God and press through with the Lord. We've been having good numbers of people who have been coming out both in person and those on our Zoom connection. And let me encourage you to continue on with that very much. Thursday night, again, mentioning that Whitfield concert. And do please keep that in prayer. Some important things that are taking place regarding our end-of-year appeal, the Christmas card appeal for the Pregnancy Care Center. We want to add to that by your special offerings and your tithes, and then support for our ministerial students, and also remembering that appeal we have for our new bus project. These things are encouraging, and it's been a blessing to see the uh, money that's been coming in so far for that. 
And let's press on, please, to that end. Sign your name on the paper at the back before you leave tonight that we can have record for the international lunch on December the 24th. A good number of folks are coming and visitors are going to be there, so we always like to make sure we have extra that are going to be in that day. We'll give you more instructions next Lord's Day just on how the preparations will come to pass. We're thinking very much about that tonight. I don't see our brother, Alan. Do you want to go ahead or not? Okay, maybe after, after the message tonight. Okay, waiting for our brother, Alan Vincent, because we have an instrumental number that wants to play, and he is an important part of that. But our brother works on the Lord's Day. He has to, so sometimes he gets here when he can. So maybe after the message tonight, and or even during the hymn sing, we might put it in at that time. Well, let's praise the Lord again, number 112, 112, we'll remain seated while we sing, Away in a Manger. Please turn in your Bibles with me to Psalm 5 tonight. Psalm 5 will begin at the opening verse. Give ear unto my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for unto thee will I pray. 
My voice shalt thou hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all the workers of iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing or falsehood, deception. The Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face, for there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Destroy thou them, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against thee. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. Let's bow, please, in prayer. Father, again we come tonight with the Scripture open, and our earnest prayer, Lord, is for our hearts to be open. We will know the Spirit of God speaking to us, impressing the truth of God upon our hearts. Dear Father, hear us tonight, we pray. Give strength, I pray, to speak the Word Give us open ears and open hearts. And so, Lord, encourage us now and settle us down. Take away every distracting thought, I pray. We might know the speaking voice of our Lord Jesus to us tonight. We ask all this in our Savior's precious name. Amen. Verse 11 is a verse I want us to think about tonight. Let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. A number of years ago, I endeavored to commit this psalm to my own heart, and I do remember that time well, because whenever you take the time to 
memorize or attempt to memorize the Word of the Lord, it becomes a very close prayer in your heart. And so I have those memories. And I read over this psalm again recently, and I was troubled by how little of it I could remember from those times before when indeed it had been committed to my mind. It only emphasizes to us as we age, well, maybe our mind and our brain is not working just as well as we would like it to, certainly our memory. It's encouraging for us, though, that when we come back to think upon a Scripture that we know well, or at least we have been familiar with, there are new things for us that the Lord shows, and there are encouraging things. And this psalm is indeed a prayer of David, a psalm, a prayer that he wrote down, and it comes to us with great encouragement and help. He starts out by asking the Lord, give ear to my words. Very strong approach that he had to the Lord because he had boldness, because David knew that he could come to the Lord and he knew that God accepted him. And how did he know that? Because he knew that his soul was accepted in his Messiah. He knew he had confidence to come to God in prayer. And such boldness you and I also can have as we seek the Lord earnestly and we come to say, Lord, give ear to my words and consider my meditation. He is praying, Lord, hearken, listen unto the voice of my prayer, my King and my God, for unto Thee will I pray. What boldness, what confidence he has in asking the Lord as he seeks Him. As he comes through his prayer, he acknowledges clearly that the Lord will not have an ear to those who are unrighteous. The Lord has no pleasure in wickedness. He has no pleasure in those that come to Him either with any note of deception, of hypocrisy. No, we, we want to be sure that we are not in any spirit or heart like that at all. Yet we come with an open heart before our living God and our Redeemer. And so he prayed, Lord, go in front of us. Clear the way. Those that are our enemies that would endeavor to undermine our faith, as the devil inspires all who are doing such a thing, we will be clean vessels that our hearts will be open and transparent before the Lord. We don't want to have any, well, closed doors, no closets that are full of things that would displease the Lord, no chambers of wickedness or darkness. We want to have all those things open. Let the light of God's holy truth and Word penetrate deeply within our souls so that we will walk in openness and purity and a heart that is clean before Him. We know that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. 
And it's important for every Christian to realize that we don't want to be deceived or confused. We're, we're in a battle every single day that we live. And it's a great warfare that we're in. It's a contest. But it's not a contest like any other type of contest. We're not talking about a sports competition or some vying for financial control of a company. We're not talking about even the greater advances that people try to make to overtake an empire or some military conquest. The conquest of a Christian is against the spiritual forces. We have to realize this because if we don't, it will be to our detriment. We will learn the hard way when we come against the evil that is slated to throw us down. In the opening of Psalm 1, David there speaks about the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. And those two pathways, they have been in bitter conflict from the beginning of time. And so, for the Christian, the certainty of a victorious outcome is great for us, and it's encouraging. But for the ungodly, it is a certain outcome which is disastrous. And so, in this unceasing conflict, how is the believer going to survive, let alone have joy in living a life for God. And you look on the surface, and you may look in your own heart and your own efforts, and you can say, this is an impossibility. There's no way that I can be victorious and have joy in the conflict that I'm involved with every single day of my Christian life in some degree or another. With men, it'll not be possible it's only possible by the Spirit of God who lives and works in us and is bringing us step by step closer and closer to glory and more and more making us like our Lord Jesus Christ. But in the course of this conflict, in the steps that you and I are taking each day, let us not forget that God does not want us to be cast down or filled with sadness and morose behavior. The Lord indeed wants us to be joyful. That's exactly what David is picking up here and speaking about in verse 11. He says, in the midst of all the enemies of God that come against me, in all the battle and conflict that I'm involved in, he said, yet let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, for thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. David is talking here about the blessing of a life of joy for those who abide in God. So may the Lord help us, it's our prayer tonight, that each one of us who know Christ 
may rejoice in Him with a godly rejoicing. And no matter what providential way of the Lord, whatever may come upon us, whatever twist or turn of life that may come, let us learn what it is to rest in God's everlasting purposes for us, even as we noted last Wednesday evening in the life of Gideon, how the Lord unfolded in front of His servants step by step, even though He was in a conflict that was great, and the enemy against Israel at that time was overwhelming. Yet still, God had a purpose in the life of Gideon and how He had raised him up to be a deliverer. And the Lord has a purpose, believer, in your life. He has a purpose in our life that we will unfold to fulfill His ultimate purpose. Remember, we are not here by accident. God has brought us here for this reason that we will fulfill that purpose in our lifetime. We pray that we will do so with joy. I want you to notice in the first thought here, what is the the foundation of all true rejoicing? Because if we don't have the foundation right, well, we're going to go off on the wrong pathway. We're going to have a building that will not stand correctly and rightly in our understanding of what the joy is of the Lord truly is. All those that put their trust in Thee. That was at the very heart of David's rejoicing and thanksgiving in his life. He knew that the enemies were strong around him. He knew that he had nothing in himself that he could bring to the table. He could not trust in friends At times he rejoiced in the friends he had, the counselors he had, but he learned the bitter hard way of what it was to trust and depend on someone who said they were his friend but turned out to be a bitter enemy. He walked with Ahithophel. He walked to the house of God with this man. They talked of the things of God together. But Ahithophel turned out to be a traitor. David knew what it was to be betrayed by friends. And so his cause, his reason, his foundation for his rejoicing, it could not be in friends. Now, please don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that we should not seek out to have good and godly friends. And those who do come near to us and who have proven themselves in the thick and hard and difficult times of life to be a true friend, they are, they are great and they are blessings to us. And so we should seek them out. And not only that, we should seek to be such a friend to someone else. We don't want to be a treacherous friend. We want to be a true and a loyal and a right friend. Ah, but when we have that friend that is closer to us than any brother that friend that we know of our Lord Jesus Christ in our life, is that not going to be for us the foundation of true, lasting joy? Ah, yes. 
Sometimes <coughs> family that we would expect to be very close to us, sometimes we found out that they have not been there to support us when we wanted or when we needed. Just make a witness for the Lord among unbelieving family members, and you will find that they maybe are not so helpful, they are not so dependent as you would think. And there are some people that have come to trust in Christ that have left their religion of birth, and the family that they had around them that was so supportive at one time are now prepared to disown them completely because they have become a Christian. They have come to Christ. And so what joy can be found in a family member in that context when someone professes faith in the Lord Jesus? No, friend, that's not going to be a foundation of true rejoicing in the Lord. Other people may think, what about the financial independency that maybe we can tend to lean on sometimes, lean on a bit too hard, and we want to be careful about that because riches make themselves wings and they fly away. And we know that in the Lord is to be the center and the foundation of our hope and our thanksgiving and our life. And if God has blessed you with plenty or with a healthy portion, friend, don't be, don't be depending too strongly upon that. But rest yourself in the Lord and be thankful for what He has blessed you with. Sometimes people look at their own accomplishments, whether it's popularity or their education, what they've been able to do and accomplish in life, Sometimes we can boast because the devil loves to stir up pride in our hearts, and we might be happy that we've made it to a certain degree, we think, or we've come with our, an element of fame. No, friend, all of those things are very, very thin ice to venture out on, and they will not be a foundation for us. The true Christian trusts in God and is safe because there is safety and confidence in trusting in the Lord. And I'm talking to Christians now, but friend, maybe you're either here tonight in person or you're watching online and you, you don't know the Lord Jesus as your own. You have never come to trust in Him. I say to you, you cannot know godly joy, real true joy, unless you have peace with God unless you know Christ and He is your Savior and you've been forgiven and washed of your sins. And I exhort you tonight, don't delay, don't put off, but trust in Him with all your heart. The true believer trusts in God and is safe. And to trust in the Lord is to place our absolute confidence in His ability and His willingness as He has saved our soul from sin, and He will keep us right to the very end, the end of life and the beginning of heaven. The Lord will bring us safely into His presence. And, friend, He has promised to keep us in every circumstance of life. So many things are changing. So many things are uncertain for us.
and even in a Christian's life, we cannot tell the future. We don't know what's in front of us. And therefore, yet the Lord tells us that we can rejoice in Him, for everyone who trusts in the Lord will be safe. What a settled peace there is in the heart to know that all is good, even when all doesn't seem so good, or maybe when all appears to be bad. For a true Christian, there is great peace in trusting and resting in our Lord Jesus Christ. The hymn writer Horatio Spafford wrote, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Yes, this man knew that Jesus Christ was the anchor of his soul even in the deepest and the darkest time of his life when he wrote those words. Those without Christ do not have such a peace because they do not trust in the God of peace. They may have a resolve, a resolve to get through the hard times, hard ways, and maybe they take in other things to distract them from the pain. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's drugs, some sort of therapy, whatever it might be. There's no lasting and real and true happiness. There's no true rejoicing outside of the Lord, for nothing else endures. The God-fearing man, the God-fearing woman, we have divine joy that satisfies the human heart. And my friend, it's only after we have experienced the emptiness and the dissatisfaction of the, the broken pipes or broken cisterns of the world's supply that we're brought to say, now none but Christ can satisfy, none other name for me, for there's love and life and lasting joy, Lord Jesus, found in Thee. Is it well, my dear friend, with your soul tonight? Do you know Christ? Do you love Him? Are you resting in Him? The foundation of true rejoicing is only to be found in the Lord God. But something further this godly rejoicing is for all of God's people. It's not for a chosen few, not for some select area of God's people. Our personalities are all different, aren't they? But yet, the Lord has promised this verse of Scripture, let all those rejoice that trust in our God. And so, we have a congregation of folks here tonight from many different walks of life, different ages, different nationalities, different skin colors, and yet in Christ Jesus we are one, we are united, we are brothers and sisters in Him. And this promise 
that God has blessed us with here in His Word. It is not just for those who may have had a better education. They may have come from a different family background. They may have been brought up in a church from their Sunday school age. No, friend. This is for those who belong to God. And if that fits into your heart, if you can say, I belong to the Lord because I know Christ, I've been born again of the Spirit of God, then, therefore, the benefit of sins forgiven and the knowledge you have of peace with God is not for some of the Lord's people. It is for all of the Lord's people. We have been saved by the free grace of God. We have been washed in the precious blood of the Lord Jesus. And if that fits into your, if you have that understanding, then you possess all the rights and all the benefits of His redemptive work. All the merit of Christ has been applied to your account. Today you are justified, and tomorrow you will not be more justified or less justified depending on how your life goes. No, that's not how it works. When God applies the justifying work of Jesus Christ to our life, that is a once-for-all purpose and accomplishment that the Lord has done, and we have received that. And therefore, the benefits of that redemptive work of the Lord Jesus, they are for all of God's people. Now, that does not mean that some of the Lord's people will have different talents, different purposes, different abilities, different pathways and a walks in life. Some will seem to be exalted or lifted up. Some may seem to just be in the shadows, in the background. But in the eyes of your heavenly Father, dear believer, you are seen as equal, you are justified, you have received the forgiveness of your sin. God looks upon you as His child. And you can be thankful and rejoice tonight in that great truth. The Lord intends for you to experience all the grace and the blessing that He has poured out upon your life. And that maybe begs the question, well, how do you define blessings? Friends, they are spiritual blessings first and foremost. Because the spiritual blessings that God pours out upon His church, upon His body, His people, those are the things that are meaningful. Those that are things that are really of substance. Those that are things that are going to last for eternity. Can you rejoice in that tonight? This rejoicing is great because it goes beyond the temporal surface material things of this life. And I can rejoice in that tonight myself. All those that put their trust in God, and here is the point that must be emphasized because though the certain blessings or talents that God distributes to His people and His church. There may be degrees of those things. And believer, don't be jealous about that. 
when you see another believer that appears to have some benefits or talents or blessings that are more than you spiritually, don't be resentful of that, but rather rejoice that God has so blessed them and pray with thanksgiving for the blessings the Lord has poured out spiritually upon you. Is it a good or a right thing for a Christian ever to be depressed when you think spiritually of all that we have in the Lord Jesus, there is no room for that in a Christian's life. Now, if there is some area of medical problem that leads to someone having melancholy or depressive thoughts, that's a different matter altogether. And there should be medical treatments sought if those are, if those are truly issues. But I would say to you, friend, don't allow yourself to be set aside. Don't allow yourself to be cast down by what the devil would bring into your life thinking that you're deficient, you're not good enough, you're not worthy. No, the Lord has made you worthy through Christ Jesus. And therefore, we have today all of these possessions set before us and the Lord would command us, as He did through Joshua, to possess your possessions. Not somebody else's, but yours, mine. Let us step out by faith. There are no degrees of sonship. There's no degrees of being a daughter of God. We are His children, and if we are His children, then we all have a right to Him. We all have an equal place before our God. We have a blood relation, and that blood relation is through our Savior. And in that sense, we can be thankful and happy and content, dear friend. Maybe you're not rejoicing tonight, Maybe you're cast down and cast aside. I say to you earnestly to come back to the Scriptures, the Word of God, the promises that the Lord has given us in His Word, because the promises are not just for X, Y, and Z. No, they're for you as well. But are you taking hold of those promises that the Lord has blessed us with in His Word tonight? Don't leave them for someone else. Don't leave them on the table. No, no, take them with you because they are for you and they are for all of God's people. And there's a final thought tonight. We are to rejoice continuously and without end. Well, I think we could probably grasp the without end part because when we get to heaven, we don't have any difficulty thinking that there will be rejoicing there. That's in another dimension. We will be freed from our body of sin. We will be with God forever. We'll see the face of Christ forevermore. Well, that should bring joy to every believing heart as we think about what that means at the end. But is that all the Lord wants us to have joy in? No, absolutely not. 
He wants His people to be joyful here and now. These things, Jesus said, have I written unto you that you might be joyful. Rejoice in the Lord always, Paul wrote to the Philippians in chapter 4. But you know, believer, this is where many of us, if not all of us, have difficulty because there seems to be a distance between the theory of the promise and resting in the truth of the promise and how it, how it works out in our life. I'm supposed to always be joyful in the Lord, aren't I? Sometimes it's, it's difficult. We have to confess it's a hard thing to apply always because we, we must wrestle through this life. We still wrestle through the old nature that we have. And it's important for us to know and be understanding of that and come all the more back to the Lord and say, Father, in my weakness, I'm having difficulty rejoicing in Your Word. I'm having trouble rejoicing in all that I have in Christ. I know, Lord, it's not right. You pray to that prayer to the Lord. You bring that to Him. And don't just wallow in the misery of your own depression. No, no, don't do that. But when the devil would come to try to take the feet from underneath us with our sadness or upset or grief or pain for one reason or another, let us come back to the Lord and bring that whole weight before Him and say, Lord, I need help because I know I'm not supposed to be this way and I don't want to be this way. I want to walk with my Lord. I want to rejoice moment by moment every day. I want to experience that fullness. But Lord, I'm having difficulty. I can't do it. And you pray, and you come back to a Scripture promise like Psalm 5 and verse 11. And this is the Word of God for our hearts. But let all those that put their trust in Thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy. Let there be within the heart, your heart, believer, a shouting unto God. And if it's not a verbal one, well, certainly let it be from the heart. And there are times where we will be very much overwhelmed with the presence of the Lord and His nearness to us, and we are thankful for all His benefits and blessings. And the more we are filled with that spirit of praise, I tell you, the less the devil is able to get in, the less he is able to make us cast down. And When you are hit with the very limit of your human understanding, and when you are at the wit's end, it seems, let us step out in simple faith and just trust in the Lord. And when we have to confess, Lord, I'm finding that even a difficulty, 
How can I trust when I'm overwhelmed? It's just at a time like that when your faith will be engaged, and your faith will lead you to trusting in Him, even going beyond your heart's understanding, going beyond your present circumstances, and say, Lord, I am going to rest in You tonight. I'm just going to trust, even though I don't understand, even though I can't make sense out of it all. And that's exactly what it is to rest in the Lord. Our Lord Jesus Christ Himself is described as a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He bore upon Him in the steps of His life the shadow of Calvary always upon Him. He knew what He was coming to do. He knew what He was coming to do from all eternity. How can we understand or comprehend such a thing? And as He walked among sinful people who, in dealing with the Creator of heaven and earth, the Creator of the very ones in front of Him who rejected Him, He came unto His own people, and His own received Him not. He was mocked and ridiculed and called a devil the Holy Son of God, the Creator of all things, yet despised and rejected of men. And yet we are told that He rejoiced in His Spirit, because that's where the real rejoicing takes place for the man of God, for the child of God. When you feel believer, that the joy of Christ is slipping away and depression or anxiety is creeping in, then we will come to return to the fountain of truth and of life to be refreshed. We will come to that fountain that bubbles up and springs from the Scripture that is water to our soul and refreshment to our spirits. And we will be restored there at the foot of the cross. We will be restored there in the presence of our Lord Jesus. When we do that, and in that spirit, well, we think again of all that our Redeemer has done for us, all that He has accomplished and purchased and possessed for us. Isn't it a blessed thing to have a fresh look by faith again to our Savior too? Remember, it's nothing of what I can do, nothing of what I have done. I will look unto Him, the author and the finisher of our faith. In Him we have joy that cannot be replaced by anything else in this world. We have a joy that cannot be improved upon we have rejoicing in Him that will last well into eternity. It's a continuous rejoicing. But we must ask ourselves, are there any things in this life that can be interruptions to that joy? Yes, there are. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Sin is a great robber of joy. 
And you know what it is, believer, in your life when you know what is right and wrong and you've fallen in some area of weakness in your own life. You know what that's like. You know what that is. And it's a robber of your joy. You have no peace any longer until you come back and get in the fellowship of the Lord and you know His presence with you. It is the inviting road to all that is, well, sometimes appears to be fun on the surface or pleasure-filled, but it only explodes and leaves carnage in the way. And it leaves a life, a life that is overturned and upset. And I'm talking about a believer. And that can happen in a Christian's life. Maybe, maybe it's happened in some life here. Maybe you're watching online and it's affected you in some way. What are you to do? What are we to do? Ah, oh, friend, we must leave the agitation and the frustration of such a thing and come back again to the foundation of our justification in Christ. And we come back to trust in the Lord and to wait upon Him and to speak to the Lord and say, Father, cleanse me from whatever defilement it has been. Yes, sin can come in and do great damage. But maybe in a believer's life it might be the area of disobedience where you know the Lord is directing you in some area, but you're holding back. Or maybe you have just made an affront. The Lord commands one thing, but something else has been done. Other illustrations of those who were given direct commands in the Scripture, and they did something else, and it did not turn out well for them. Saul would be one of them. We cannot disobey God and prosper. We cannot go our own way and expect His blessing in our lives. It won't work. What about when, well, just frankly, laziness comes in in spiritual matters? Why is our soul often grieved and we have no joy? The answer may be in the slothfulness in our own hearts. Laziness sets in. We know better as disciples of Christ. We know better as soldiers of the cross. And yet we have allowed other things to come in. There is perhaps no subtler way for the joy of the Lord to depart from the believer than, well, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep in our spiritual duties, and then we find we are not rejoicing in the Lord as we should be. David said in the psalm, I joyed when to the house of God go up, they said to me. There was an anticipation to meet with God and to meet with the Lord's people, and there was a desire to meet and worship the Lord with all his heart. Sometimes we have to, we have to realize that that spirit may not fully be there in us. And so we, we come to pray that, Lord, You would restore unto me the joy of Thy salvation. And that's a good prayer. Take away those devices or things that would rob me of walking in continuous joy with my Lord. Because that's what our God wants for us in this life. Yes, in heaven it will be. But in here and now is our walk of joy and peace and to honor our God. And so, 
believer, it's all summed up in this. It's summed up in the love that we have of our God for the love that He has for us and we have for Him. The very last phrase in verse 11, let them that love Thy name be joyful in Thee. Yes, there is life and love and lasting joy, Lord Jesus, found in Thee. If you're out of Christ tonight, you have no joy in Him. And the only answer is to trust in Him. If you do love the Lord, if you're in Him tonight, then you are safe and secure and you have the the expectation of walking each day in the fellowship of your God, rejoicing in Him because you love Him, you, you do with all your heart. And in that love, we can be thankful that He has made those promises to His people and that we will walk in Him and with Him every step and every moment of the day. Let's close our service tonight by singing a hymn, number 587. A well-known hymn before us and one of great rejoicing and great thanksgiving. Rejoice in the Lord, O let His mercy cheer. He sunders the bands that enthrall, redeemed by His blood. Why should we ever fear, since Jesus is our all in all? Let's stand, please, as we sing. Promises so sure in Christ they are yea and amen. Though earth pass away, they ever shall endure. Tis written over and over again. Abide in the Lord, secure in His control. Tis life everlasting begun. To pluck from His hand the weakest trembling soul, it never, never can be done. Believer tonight, as we abide in Him, as we abide in His Word, there is so much more that the Lord has to show us and teach us as we walk with Him.
Let's sing this final verse. You may be seated. Well, as we begin our time of singing tonight, first of all, we're going to have a group of our young folks here, and some maybe not quite so young, and they're going to play an instrumental piece for us. So you sit there and listen to that and rejoice in the Lord, and then we'll sing some hymns together. <laughs> 